2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this almost Friday, Thursday Race Day Las Vegas radio program on the 16th day of February 2023. That is 2162023. That is your date. We're ramping it up for the weekend after the Super Bowl weekend. But it's always action. Always lots of things to do here in Las Vegas. We are your gaming and entertainment capital of the world. And in this entertainment and gaming capital of the world this morning, looking out the studio window here at uh, Sports Talk 1400 AM, where we emanate and originate all this stuff. The sun is shining bright. Sky is blue. Ground dry. We had that wind wisping through here yesterday that made the wind chill factor. Make it even colder than it is. And right now, at 10 minutes after 7 a.m. Pacific time, it's 36 degrees. That's 4 degrees above freezing here in Las Vegas at 7 a.m. in the morning. We're going to get up to 54, but as we move through the week, the overnight uh, lows will be around freezing. And the afternoons would get into the low 50s. But by Tuesday, by Tuesday here in Las Vegas, we're going to top out at 70. Goofy, goofy weather here in the good old U.S. of A. So much so that uh, we're flipping the uh, temperatures at this time of the year. For example, today it's going to be 81 in Miami. 81. But listen to this. We're 54 here. New York City is going to be 63. Norfolk, Virginia, 75. Atlanta, 73 on this 16th day of February. Now, you get up north uh, at the border, sure, it's going to be like 14 degrees in International Falls, as it should be at this time of the year. Kansas City, 30. They got a lot of action going through Kansas City with... uh, Oklahoma, 40 with a lot of wind. There's a lot of weather action going through the Midwest right now. But up and down to Pacific Coast, clear. Crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, come on, 54 today. Topping out. Hmm. Here in Las Vegas. What's happening is we're getting cold fronts that is going through the west, making its way to the east. In the meantime, in front of this cold snap again is a lot of warm weather a lot unseasonable weather in the east coast but they've got stuff coming there is a front that has rain and uh, all sorts of tornadoes some tornado watches there in uh, the the sector over uh, arkansas mississippi etc and all that weather that's going through indiana ohio kentucky making its way up through parts of Pennsylvania and making its way to the East Coast. That'll be coming. And man, you got snow covering the entire state of Iowa and parts of Nebraska as well. And there's another front that's coming through in the northwest, just off the shores of Washington and Oregon. We'll keep an eye on that as well as we make our way through the weekend and find out what the track conditions are going to be out in these parts of the country. But right now, that's the way it is. So don't worry about anything uh, for today's menu because uh, the main track on today's menu is Gulfstream Park and uh, Fairgrounds, and and the weather looks just fine down there at Gulfstream. All right. Uh, Looking ahead to this weekend, looking ahead to tomorrow, tomorrow we kick off a big weekend as far as horse players are concerned because Aqueduct with all of those uh, long-shot bombs that happened on Super Bowl Sunday, when they resume racing tomorrow, they're going to have carryovers in both the pick six over $40,700 and a carryover in the early pick five of over $285,000. That kicks off the weekend for the horse players. Okay? As far as great racing around the country, well, it's all centered on uh, this weekend, on Saturday, at the Fairgrounds. They've got six nice stakes races, including the Rachel Al- Alexandra, that is a uh, part of the Fairgrounds Oaks Series for the Kentucky Oaks Aspirings. And the Risen Star, which is part of the Louisiana Derby Series. Of course, aspiring to the Kentucky Derby. The Risen Stars, the first of the stakes races of the Kentucky Derby qualifiers that will yield 50 points to the winner. 50. Uh, And that's going to be a fun, fun day of racing at Fairgrounds coming up Saturday. Six stakes races there. Laurel Park has six races, too. Six stakes races at Laurel Park on Saturday including the $250,000 General George and the $250,000 Barbara Fritchie, both grade threes. So Laurel Park kicking in with six stakes races on the weekend. Oaklawn Park will feature the grade three Razorback. Santa Anita will kick in with uh, some light stakes races this weekend as far as Saturdays concerned, just uh, the wishing well, not even graded. But it's down the hill on the turf course for hundred dollars and so uh, that's the way it looks. But the fairgrounds <clears throat> is going to have um, all the uh, big races uh, coming up uh, on Saturday. And, of course, uh, Gulfstream Park will kick in with the Royal Delta. That's a Grade three as well. So uh, we're looking ahead to uh, some uh, great uh, stakes races this weekend. And, of course, all of those <clears throat> stakes horses and the three-year-olds uh, looking towards uh, the Kentucky Derby, which is only 79 days away now, you know. We're counting. Yeah, 79 days away now. The Risen Star comes up on Saturday, and then uh, on uh, the next weekend, the following weekend, the Rebel uh, at Oakland Park will hold the Kentucky Derby points, too. So we're getting into the nitty-gritty area for the Derby horses, and all I can say is, uh, you know, Brad Cox, Todd Pletcher, Steve Asmussen, all the normal trainers you expect to have uh, key horses uh, and, and an abundance of them. For the Kentucky Derby, and of course, Bob Baffert, who we're still waiting for a ruling there, and what he's going to do with his fleet of great three-year-olds that are making their way on the road to Louisville. We'll wait and see if uh, they'll just uh, be bypassing Louisville or making a stop there and doing their thing. We're on the clock, we're on the watch for Steve Asmussen as well. He's got 9,997 career wins. He blanked out yesterday with uh, his opportunity to add to that. He was 0 for 3 yesterday. Now, uh, today he has one starter at Turfway Park. He's at 9,997. So he could leave the day with 9,998. Still too short of ten grand. But um just one started today and that's a turfway park. However, he's gonna pick up the pace with thirteen entrants on Friday. Thirteen horses entered across the country on Friday. Twenty seven horses entered across the country on Saturday, and nine more on Sunday. So that milestone of 10,000 will be achieved somewhere along this weekend. Won't happen today, but it's <laughs> somewhere along this weekend it will happen. What a milestone. 10,000 wins for a trainer. Only one thoroughbred trainer has at least 10,000 wins in the world. And that is Juan Suarez Villarola of Peru. They say he has a total of ten thousand three hundred and thirty-three winners in his career uh, before Wednesday. Don't know what he's doing down there, but uh, for America, and you know our competition here is going to be a little bit stronger than uh, good old Juan Suarez's is. Anyhow, that's the deal there. All right. Uh, so yesterday, Gulfstream. What happened yesterday, at Gulfstream? Uh, highest priced winner of the day was twenty five dollars and forty cents in the fourth race, and by the way, Gulfstream yesterday had the highest payoff in the nation. The late pick five, which comprised uh, winning prices of nine forty, six eighty, fourteen eighty, eleven sixty, and thirty nine twenty. I take that back. I said the fourth race was the highest priced winner. It was not. The ninth race was the highest priced winner at thirty nine twenty. So you put all those together, and the winning numbers of five, eight, two, six, six. The late pick five paid fourteen thousand six hundred twenty-one dollars and thirty cents, highest priced payoff in the nation yesterday at uh, Gulfstream Park. Nobody had six in the pick six, by the way. The fives returned seventeen hundred thirty-three dollars and sixteen cents. And of the uh, nine races at Gulfstream yesterday, nine different jockeys visited the winner's circle yesterday. Nobody had a double at uh, Gulfstream yesterday. And uh, let's see, Tampa Bay, Sammy Camacho had three wins on the card. He did the best at Tampa Bay yesterday. And so today on the show, we have uh, Tommy Massis returning for us, trying to peg out a long shot for us there at uh, Gulfstream. Jonathan Ardoon will be with us. John Lindo has a Lindo report today, so he'll be with us, that Lindo report for Gulfstream Park. And I asked Rich Ang to join us today. He has—he doesn't have a sheet because uh, San Anita's not running. But I wanted him just to uh, take a recap of uh, his thoughts of the Super Bowl, and then we'll uh, let that thing settle. But uh, he was really good with the football All year on our show, and uh, would like to get his thoughts of the uh, Super Bowl afterwards, so we'll do that as well. And of course, uh, we'll have your racing menu and all that other good stuff on our show, with uh, 79 days to go until the Kentucky Derby. All right, by the way, in case you uh, didn't, uh, you checked in a little bit later after the uh, top of the hour news, One of the items on our uh, top-of-the-hour news, a uh, kind of racing-related item, the Chicago Bears football team uh, closed their deal to buy Arlington Park, the closed-down Arlington Park racetrack from Churchill Downs Incorporated. And they are uh, hoping uh, to build a, a new stadium there for football. So I guess uh, old uh, state-of-the-art racetracks like Hollywood Park and Arlington Park are now becoming football venues, right? I mean, Hollywood Park is now where the SoFi Stadium is at. So that's the deal. They closed the agreement. 326 acres. So they have plenty of room to build a stadium there. But what a disappointment it is for horse racing because Arlington Park and Mr. Ducheshoi, who rebuilt Arlington Park... Remember the the story about it burning down and 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 them holding the Arlington Million there anyway and then rebuilding it as a monument to horse racing it was such a beautiful facility and that now will probably be knocked down and oh well progress progress that's for sure all righty we're going to go to our first break got to get started we'll do a little uh conversing with uh, Tommy Massis and Jonathan Ardoon and John Lindo and Rich Ang maybe even Jerry He'll stop by for another betting strategies thought or two so don't go away we're just getting started on your almost Friday Thursday race day Las Vegas show hope it's warmer where you're at than it is here it's, it's rather cold in Las Vegas today get another hot cup of cocoa or coffee we'll be right back
0: from drf.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the race day las vegas show
2: Alrighty, righty uh let's get started with the racing menu right now yeah let's do it here we go All right, here's the racing menu of uh, racetracks available today in the race books, simulcast centers, racetracks around the country. First post-times broadcast on this show each and every day for the racing menu. Reflect that at the Pacific time zone because we are here in the Pacific time zone. We are race day Las Vegas. And these are the first post-times that roll out in our race books. Yeah. That's why we give you the... uh, First, post times in the Pacific time zone. Now we know that there are more people listening to us than just those here in Las Vegas at our anchor station, Sports Talk 1400 AM. So if you're listening on the websites, global, if you're listening on your apps, your device apps, your KSHP app on your iPhones or your Androids, or you're listening uh, in, in uh, podcasting wherever you are, however, wherever, whenever, First post times are Pacific, so if you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to it. Because I don't want you to miss anything. Not one betting opportunity do I want you to miss. Of course, like I miss mom and dad, okay? So here's the menu for today, if you are ready. Okay, <laughs> here we go. We begin the racing menu with Gulfstream Park. It's going to be beautiful down there today at Gulfstream. They got 9 races and their first post time is 9:10 a.m. Your Pick 6 jackpot carryover. The cash in the jackpot today at Gulfstream Park is $435,618. Of course, if you're the only single-ticket winner, they're going to pop in and give you more money than that, but uh, that's enough to go for, that's for sure. Nine races, first post time, 9.10 at Gulf Street. Next comes Mahoning Valley. Mahoning Valley Racecourse has a pick-six jackpot carryover of $28,917. They have eight races, and their first post time is 9.35. Next comes the fairgrounds, Nolens. Fairgrounds has eight races today, it's getting ready for their big Saturday of racing and stakes races. And your Fairgrounds first post time for their eight race card today is set at 11:15. 11:15 Fairgrounds today. Turf Paradise is next, Phoenix, Arizona. Turf Paradise uh, first two races are quarter horses. Races three through eight will be thoroughbreds. So that makes up the eight race program at Turf Paradise. Their first post time at Turf Paradise today is 11:55. Uh, their Pick 6 jackpot was hit yesterday. The 20 cent jackpot paid $5084, so they'll uh, start anew today with their jackpot at Turf Paradise. And again, first post time Turf Paradise today 11:55, 11:55. Turfway Park is next. Eight races, full fields at Turfway. They they're holding the full fields at Turfway. They are some good racing under the lights there. Their Pick Six jackpot carryover twenty five thousand five hundred and seventy dollars at uh, Turfway Park. That's their Pick Six jackpot carryover. Eight races. First post time two fifty five, two fifty five. First post at uh, Turfway. Then comes Penn National. We call it Penn Net, you know. Penn Nat has a regular Pick Five carryover of two thousand eight hundred ninety-four dollars. This is not a jackpot; it's a regular Pick Five carryover, two thousand eight hundred ninety-four dollars oh, yeah. at Penn National today. Hey. First post time for their uh, seven races—just seven. First post time three p.m. Oh, yeah. Delta Downs has nine hey. races. They kick off at three twenty. First post three twenty at Delta Downs. And then we'll wrap it up with Charlestown. Charlestown Races has a Pick Six Jackpot carryover, $32,050. And a first post time for eight races at Charlestown at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Charlestown. And that's your menu for today. Now we'll get to some of our handicappers. How about that? Let's get some winners. Let's go to Tommy for first, standing by. Tommy, good morning.
3: Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, everyone.
2: Well, uh, you got to get the you got to get the suntan lotion out for you guys there today.
3: Yeah, no, I'm beyond that. I'm real dark, so I don't uh, need it really.
2: All right. Well, in any case, uh, what I'm trying to say in, in my way that you didn't get was uh, it's hot out there. It's 81, isn't it? It's going to be 81 today.
3: Yeah, no, it's warm already. I've been out there since 7 o'clock, and it was warm at 7, so it looked like it might have rained for a second, but the the, the clouds, whatever it was, blew over, and it's a beautiful sunny day right now.
2: Yeah, i got to tell you that, uh, you know, that part of Florida, certainly if you stand around for 10 minutes, the the weather could change, as we know. But uh, when it gets uh, around 80 degrees or so, as hot as it is today, at this time of the year, do they have a lot of humidity there?
3: No, not really. I, I'm, the, I'm the wrong guy to ask. I'm all. It can be 80 if there's a breeze. I put on a sweater. I'm, I'm always cold, so I'm the wrong guy to ask. I've no. I've sat in. I sat at Woodbine in 97 degree weather with extreme humidity, and it doesn't bother me one bit. So, the wrong guy
2: to ask. Well, enough of the weatherman report from you. Uh, How's the racing there at Gulfstream? Anything happen yesterday that surprised you?
3: Yeah, that I took such a beating when Uh. I loved the card.
2: (laughs) 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 All right. Yeah, well, there were two horses that have payoffs uh, that uh, you look for, a $25 horse and a $39 winner. And the rest of them are pretty kind of close to the best stuff. But we got nine races today.
3: Yeah. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to strike in race one today. I don't know if there's any firsters, you know, Chad Brown has a firster Christoph uh-huh. Christophe Lamont has a firster. I don't know if they can run, but I really like number seven ready. She is, uh, this horse got bounced around on the first turn. Uh, Saez, uh, settled her down. She was making a run on onto the two leaders and she got bounced again and wow. had no chance after that, but it really is a hidden chart line. I'm going to take a big shot at Ready She Is. And if she isn't ready, I might be heading out the door.
2: All right. The first race set at 9.10 a.m. Pacific time, 9.10 here. It is a maiden race for three-year-old Phillies at seven and a half furlongs on the turf course. Now, uh, you say first-time starters, so these are maidens just getting started. Remember, these three-year-old fillies were two-year-olds just a couple of months ago. But Ready She Is uh, had a race and, and got kind of bounced around, and so you feel that uh, with a cleaner shot she'll be ready today with louis saez aboard who's having a hell of a meet down there at uh at gulfstream isn't he
3: yes that's for sure i you know he, he he's just just aggressive yesterday yeah. he yeah, he lost a race where he was like the only closer in the race and yeah. he was battling on the lead the whole way he's aggressive it doesn't always work but i like aggressive. you know yeah you win races on the front, and you win races just asking your horse. You know, he just asks and asks and asks, and he gets and he gets and he gets. I really like Louie.
2: Yeah, he's got a 23% win rate, and he's been in the money 45% of his start so far, and he's got over 50 wins on the season, uh, you know, uh, of the year, I should say. Not all of them at Gulfstream. Most of them at Gulfstream, but not all of them. Yeah, I like his, I like his type of riding. I like him a lot. Okay, so we got the 7 in the first race. We're starting off the early pick 5 and the uh, double in the first race with the 7. What else are we doing?
3: We're going to go to race 7. We're going to go from a a rider I like betting to a rider I don't really have too much confidence in, believe it or not, and I keep finding them. It's Paco Lopez, a number 3 Big B. Uh, Here's another horse where, you know he kind of was in a perfect spot the whole way around right behind the leaders. And he could never get out right to the wire. He could, he got out with five feet to the wire and he did gallop out nice. And I think was a similar kind of trip. If he gets out, oh, big B might, might get the money, but
2: every time, you know,
3: him and Rosario are really good jockeys who are really underperforming at this meet. If, in my opinion.
2: Oh, yeah, Rosario is not performing well at all yet at Gulfstream, but we know he's got talent and we know he'll uh, you know, he'll work his way out of it like Fla- Flavian Pratt is doing uh, starting to work his way out of it in, at San Anita in Southern California. So in the 7th race here today at Gulfstream, you like number 3, Big B, the 3, Big B in the 7th race with Paco Lopez at 10 to 1 on the morning line. Uh if you have uh, anything else, we'll take it. Otherwise, we'll let you go and uh Relax.
3: No, just to, to be fair to the jockeys, you know, if uh, Tom Brady gets hurt in football, he can take a few weeks off. He has his job when he comes back. These jockeys, you know, they got aches and pains and that, and they got to ride through it. They'll lose big customers. It's, you know, it's not fair, but it is what it is. So, you know, I just hope they're they're healthy and stay healthy. But there's always seems to be a reason, and we, we don't know, because they're both talented, but they're really both in a funk.
2: Yeah, they are. And uh, by the way, you're right. Uh, jockeys are independent contractors. They don't have guaranteed contracts like the other sports athletes do and, and all the other uh, leagues, etc. So if they get hurt and they're on the sideline, uh, they still have to pay the bills with no income coming in. But yet uh, they're well paid when they're riding well. And and we wish them all the best and, and a, certainly a safe trips all. That's for sure. First race you like the seventh, seventh race you like the three, and uh, we will talk to you uh, next week. You got it. Good luck, everyone. All right. You got it, Tommy. Thank you very much. And now we're going to go to uh, Jonathan Hardoon standing by. Jonathan, good morning.
4: Good morning, Ralph. You talk about Jackies having a hard time. Do you see Russell Baze's line in Oakland? I think he's one for 73 with like 18 seconds. You know how hard that is to do? <laughs>
2: Russell Bayes? Not Tyler Bayes, did I say Russell you said Bays? Russell okay, Bays, Bays. I was going to say, when did he come out of retirement? <laughs> when did Russell Bays come <laughs> out of retirement? you're talking All about right, Tyler <laughs> you're t- on, you're, t- on. T- <laughs> you're talking about Tyler Bays at Oak Lawn Park, right
5: Yes, that's what I said
2: yeah, yeah. that's well, well that's like what you think you said, yeah, <laughs> okay, in any case, yeah, yeah, you know he is, and he left California because he wasn't getting enough uh winners and mounts, and then he goes to Oak Lawn. And he's uh, having a hard time getting a hold there. We know he's a much better rider than that stat. That's for sure.
4: Yeah, even Drayden Van Dyke is looking for his first one. I remember a few years ago him winning five races in a day at Del Mar. And boom, can't get a win now. Instead, they just go through streets. They're like anything and anyone else. Sure, They're like life.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, the old saying is a jockey can't ride any faster than the horse can run.
4: Exactly.
2: So, anyhow, uh, so uh, give me that Tyler Bay's stat one more time.
4: Uh, He's one for seventy-three, I believe, with eighteen seconds. But I'm sure I'll get an email or a tweet or something that I had the stats off yesterday. I got bombarded. By saying, um Alleydaw was born in the, in the wrong year. <laughs> that was, I was uh, reminded that the year before you had spectacular and yes. the year after you had, uh, some other terrific horse and, uh, <clears throat> Well, we, we had three years in a row of uh, great horses, and that was one of the uh, years that Dar was running.
2: Uh, in 78 was uh, the triple crown for Alidar and Affirmed. In 77 you had Seattle Slough. And then Slough.
4: Seattle Slough you had, too. Yeah, yeah
2: it was the 77 Slough, and then Dar came in 78 uh, battling with Affirmed, and then 79 was a spectacular bid. The 70s was a great year for three-year-olds, that's for sure.
4: <laughs> those three years in a row are amazing you yeah know, they are you know,
2: and by the way don't yeah, forget yeah. uh i i believe in 76 it was a ridge that missed uh, by one because he hit a sloppy track in in pimlico could have been yeah anyhow um we'll get started with the well you only got one sheet today huh it's the only track
4: runner. Yeah. I don't play
2: fairground so uh, I know uh, once in a
4: while I can <laughs> have an easy day. Boy, you get
2: you you know you can get by you, the way, you can get the you can get to the honeydew. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs>
4: by the way, at Smusen has twenty seven horses running on Sunday. That's like crazy.
2: <laughs> well, it's across. Can the- you imagine? around the country yeah he has uh, wow
4: so what there are trainers that don't have 27 starts in 6 months this guy yeah. has 27 starts in 1 year in so,
2: 1 day some may have not having 27 starts in a year but uh, yeah he's exactly. got he's got one today at turfway and 13 on uh Friday tomorrow 27 on Saturday and nine more on Sunday you think he'll get to uh, 10 grand
4: yeah, and I think he's going to go by that guy in Peru like he was standing still. You're going to see a whoosh. It's going to be like Flight Line going right by.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, well, we certainly know that he's got the talent, that's for sure. And he's got he's got a hell of a staff behind him, too, because he's got these divisions and all these racetracks. So he put together a hell of a staff, that's for sure.
4: All right, and he's uh, got the guns. Look, you're loaded. When you have that many horses, you know, the numbers are going <laughs> to... Pan out for you, and obviously you still got to be great. He's great. We get it, and you know you're right. He runs an unbelievable operation. He's got terrific assistance at every track all over
2: the country. I, I think he's uh, he's going to be a uh, a force on Saturday, though in the uh, in the uh, Risen Star. He's got three in the Risen Star: Harlow Cap, Private Creed, and Silver Heist. All go in the Risen Star on Saturday. So I mean, there could be a you, there could be an Asmussen trifecta. You don't know
4: well
2: does cox have any horses in that race i think he does uh yeah i probably I, come on it's a, it's a race for three-year-olds on the way to the derby cox has got uh what the most uh derby what? nominated well, you want to
4: give us musen a try you yeah. want to give us a, a try and i'm sure cox has three horses in that race and he probably would say that he's gonna yeah try. no kidding
2: no kidding you know you might do a, a cox ass me box uh, uh you know their trifectas and let it play out the way it the way it should uh okay well we're racing at gulfstream i'll ask you the same question as uh I asked to uh, tommy anything uh happened yesterday that uh you want to comment on
4: yeah the horses i like ran backwards kind of like tommy so no, no no no
2: no your, ho- you, your 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 seventh race pick at gulfstream ran third
4: yeah well yeah I
2: know. okay okay
4: Right. Let's turn it around and give out a winner today, Ralph. Let's look at the second race again early in the card. So you have uh, Tommy's horse in the first. You can yeah. play a double to my horse in yeah. the second. And I love the number seven horse in here, Tone and Six year old Gelding from the Colin Morab Barn. Angel Morales support to right? He's listed at 4 to 1 on the morning line. There's a good outside box going a mile. He will be forwardly placed. By the way, an interesting race. You have three. Horses trained by relatives, I guess. Aubrey Marat trains the five. Shamir mm-hmm. Marat trains the six. And the horse we like, the seven, is trained by Colin Marat.
2: Chances are they are related. Are they Are they part of the Marat jockey uh, life? Uh, I'm li- they,
4: sure they're related to Rajiv Marat, and there's another Marat. Ramero,
2: isn't too, Romero, isn't it? Yeah, Romero? Yeah,
4: Romero Marat. There yeah. you go. you got the whole family tree. Yeah. But they're but, not riding in the races. Only the
2: trainers are Yeah, training, only so. the trainers. Well, that'll be interesting. All right, so you liked number seven, Tone Feeling, the seven-tone feeling in the uh, second race. And so I got an early double, a uh, 7-7 seven, seven, double. That's a uh, good old uh, Vegas number, 7-7. Seven, seven. First race to the second race. You and Tommy uh will get me a, a double starter. We'll get a double start and we'll move on from there because we got a we got a big weekend uh, for horse racing coming up this weekend, that's for sure. We
4: do, and a right. lot of great races and uh triple crown uh you know now, well, points are gonna be given out this well uh,
2: as well this week. Jonathan, will you be doing a fairground sheet for Saturday or no? Oh uh, no. No.
4: Okay. Four tracks
2: are enough. <laughs> Four tracks are enough. All right, you got it, my man. And let's see if we nice. let's see if all those people that were playing the Super Bowl and racing sports books around the country and here in Vegas, some of them uh, were exposed to racing. Maybe they'll come back this weekend without any football, huh? That would be nice. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. Thank you. Stay safe and be well. All right, you got it, my man. I want to bring in uh, Rich Yang next just to wrap up the super bowl he's uh, you know he's all over football uh, this year so we'll see how he uh, thinks of the uh, final
0: want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book <laughs> south point casino's race book has the answer
2: All right, back on race day, just to put the finishing touches to the NFL season this year in the Super Bowl, we're going to bring in Rich Hange, who gave us uh, quite a few winners in the NFL, if you're out there uh, playing it through the season, and certainly had a nice run at it, and uh, wound up with the Super Bowl. Richie, good morning. Hey, good
6: morning, Ralphie. Uh, in, in all honesty, uh, what I gave out last Sunday on Super Bowl morning was I had the Eagles In the future book at nine to one to win the Super Bowl, so that was who I was rooting for. But I did make a saver bet. I teased the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to plus eight and a half, Mm -hmm. and the over to forty four and a half. So I caught the teaser real good, but to turn a small profit for the day. But I tell you what, uh, the Eagles not winning cost me a lot of money and. uh, um, I'm not happy about it, but uh, it was a heck of a football game.
2: All you. Well, you sure can't blame uh, Mr. Hurts for that because he set a, a Super Bowl record in defeat with three rushing touchdowns. And he had uh, 27 or 38 passes complete over 300 yards uh, production. Uh, and he it, it just fell the wrong way.
6: Yeah, he in my mind he was actually the better quarterback in the football game. Yeah. Even though Patrick Mahomes earned the MVP for for good reason for for winning the game, but Hertz had an unbelievable game. There's only one play he would like to take back, and you know what I'm talking about in uh, the first half when uh, on a third me. and one he fumbled the ball and uh, it was scooped up and scored for a touchdown. That play, and in the second half, the punt return by Tony. Which took the ball down to the Philadelphia five yard line. Those two plays really uh, spelled doom for the Eagles because that made 14. That was a 14 point swing on just those two plays.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't believe there was a uh, sack in the game, right? I don't remember if there was officially a sack,
6: but I tell you what, you know, uh, it, and this will segue into that uh, uh, final penalty mm-hmm. that doomed the Eagles is the fact that. You know, in the National Football League, on any game that you watch, the officials could call holding on the offensive line almost every play. And in the defensive secondary, they could they could call holding or what they call illegal contact mm-hmm. on almost any play. So what happens is it depends on the timing yeah. of when you throw the flag. So, you know, the referees did swallow the whistle on the offensive line. And let both teams play. Basically, yeah. believe me, there was a lot of holding going on, but they yeah. just didn't call it.
1: Yeah,
6: and you know, and that prevented sacks. But uh, you know, and that uh, last penalty against Bradbury for the Eagles, uh, you know, I, I don't have an argument with the fact it, it, by the letter of the law, was a holding penalty. But it was the timing of the call because it decided the game. And you know, usually you want to let the players decide the game and not referees.
2: Well, there were no sacks. Uh by the Eagles' defense, which was shocking. And there were only two by the Chiefs' defense. And uh, I think one of them was, didn't actually sack Hurts, uh, but he didn't get back to the line of scrimmage, so they call that mm-hmm. uh, a sack. But in any case, the defenses uh, were great. But like you said, uh, there was a lot of holding by the offensive lines uh, in the game, that's for sure. A lot of scoring, a lot of stuff. And I guess that defensive um, a touchdown... And if and the two point conversion uh, were two of the prop bets that really uh, uh, backed up the books a little, they still won money. But I think we really got hit in this town by the William Hill debacle because they had more uh, re- sports books in the state of Nevada than anybody else, and with the new genre of um, you know uh, in in game betting and the, their apps weren't working, probably cost us uh, millions of dollars.
6: Yeah, their phone app crashed. As you said, a lot of people were betting uh, on their phones on uh, d- live during the game. Also, another factor was Arizona literally just opened up over the weekend, and that took a lot of money yeah. away from people who usually would drive to Vegas or Laughlin to put their bets in. But uh, since it was available in Arizona, that money didn't come this way, uh, this way north.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, the sports betting around the country uh, took probably a little nick out of that. But with the expansion and the growth of sports betting, it's going to absorb that. And no matter what the records are here in Las Vegas, next year when we host the Super Bowl, all those records Mm. will be history. You know that.
6: Oh, yeah. You know, we like to say if you're not going to be at the Super Bowl, this is the second best place. To uh, watch the game. Well, now we're going to host the Super Bowl, yeah. and uh, if you can't if you can't get a Super Bowl ticket, you might as well come out anyway because we have the best parties in the in the country.
2: Yeah, no question about that. They uh, I saw a survey sometime a week leading up to the Super Bowl, and they asked people, um, you know, what's the best place to watch the Super Bowl? And Las Vegas actually beat out the 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 live venue as well. So uh, we're we're doing good. That's for sure here. Well, now we move on. That's for sure, and we'll wait and see with uh, our local Las Vegas Raiders who we get to be our new quarterback. That's for sure. But I want to thank uh, thank you a lot uh, for your uh, contributions uh, as far as the football was concerned here in uh, in the Race Day Las Vegas show uh, this year. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow with your Sanita stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let me sneak a horse in. I want to join
6: oh. the, the Tommy and uh, Jonathan. Arduper
2: wait a minute! You looked cause... at Gulfstream today, did you? Oh, abs- absolutely! Well, I, give I us a up, horse, pal.
6: Every day, give us. But uh, let's go. To, let's go to race number five. It's a maiden special, going seven and a half furlongs on the grass. This horse made my horses to watch list. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this horse to start. It's the number four, Galileo's Jewel. who uh-huh. debuted back in November at Aqueduct. This horse ran a very good racing debut for Anthony Dutrow. Was bet down to five to two. Now gets first time lasix and finally returns. Four to one is square price where I can get it. So let's go with the four, Galileo's Jewel in the fifth at Gulfstream.
2: You gave us a good enough story there to give you 25 to win in place on this horse and a $2 ROI in the fifth race. The anchor in the early pick five and early pick four. And by the way, it starts out the late pick five as well. In the fifth race, the four, Galileo's Jewel, the four in the fifth race, Richie's uh, play of the day for us. Thanks a lot, Rich. Hey, thanks. I feel like everybody. All right. We're going to come back with John Lindo. Don't go away.
0: Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? <laughs> South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. the race day las vegas show the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in las vegas all
2: right back on race day time to visit with uh, john Lindo for a minute or two john good morning
7: good morning ralph how are you
2: doing fine a little chilly here uh, that's for sure we we got a flip in the temperatures. The East Coast has got uh, higher temperatures than we do here, in the West Coast.
7: Well, uh, I, a long run, I think I'll, I like where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were we were cold here this morning too. It was low 40s out here, but it's, the sun's out. It's going to be nice, and supposed to warm up a little bit this weekend. But it'll, it'll be cool, but it'll be beautiful.
2: Well, I know that you have a Linda report today at the South Point for Gulfstream Park, and of course. As we say, uh, uh, the South Point has the full Linda report that covers all the race selections, plus the suggested late pick four and all the goodie information at the bottom. One comprehensive sheet available exclusively, only, and complimentary at the uh, South Point race book because they love horse players. And, uh, John, I know that uh, when you come on each week at the beginning of the week for the tracks that you cover, you give us an update on the uh, jockey trainer standings.
7: Yeah, at Gulfstream Park, going into this week through through yesterday, uh, the leading rider is Rad Ortiz. He's got 53 winners. Luis Saez, second with 48. And Jose Ortiz is 37. Uh, and then as far as the trainers go, you've got Sappy Joseph with 26 wins. Todd Fletcher's right behind. He's got 24. Antonio Sanos continues to win races. He's got 13. And Jose D'Angelo has 12.
2: All right. What about, uh, Cole, we were talking about... Uh... Uh, uh, me and Jonathan were talking earlier about uh, Flavian Pratt uh, coming out of his little funk. But Joel Rosario is is having a, a little bit of uh, funk as well, huh?
7: Yeah, he's been stuck in neutral down there. He's 7 for 113 Ooh. at Gulfstream, which is not like him. Uh, he'll be at the fairgrounds this weekend. But, uh, you know, Joel just uh, been having a tough time at the, at the Gulfstream Park meet.
2: Yeah, he was talking also about uh, Tyler Bay's over there at Oaklawn. A lot of seconds, but only one win. What about the favorites at Gulfstream?
7: They continue to hold steady at
2: 35%. Okay. All right. So we'll uh, we'll wait. We know Rosario is a much better rider than that stat, that's for sure. But all these great jockeys, all of them go through slumps now and then, and they uh, just keep uh, trucking along. When you talk about Luis Saez, uh, he has 51 wins on the entire year, so he had three wins somewhere else, probably a weekend when he went out to ride some stakes races for sure, I think. And uh, But uh, the bulk of his work, 48 wins there right there at Gulfstream.
7: Uh, yeah, absolutely. That, that's that's where he does the bulk of his action.
2: Anything that the handicappers ought to know that you uh, observed at Gulfstream?
7: Well, last Sunday, uh, I thought the outside was the place to be on the main track, and it looked like it evened out pretty good yesterday. I, I called both surface, or all three surfaces, the turf, the tapita, and the main track. I, th- I thought they were all fair.
2: Now, I want to remind everybody that Monday, this coming Monday, it's President's Day. It's a kind of a pseudo holiday, so to speak. It's a, it's a, certainly a national holiday, and Santa Anita will have a special Monday President's Day racing program. So your Linda report will shift back to Santa Anita for the entire weekend through Monday, right?
7: Right. We start tomorrow uh, Friday at Santa Anita, go through Monday, and uh, again, just seven races on uh, Friday with a 1 o'clock first post. Mm -hmm. Saturday, we go back to the normal 12.30 post for a nine-race card.
2: And, uh, John, we want to remind everybody also that uh, they they had a cancellation a little bit earlier at uh, Santa Anita because of weather, so they're going to pick up that one day uh, on Friday of uh, next week, right? A week from tomorrow, they'll have a, a racing card as well.
7: Right. Friday the 24th was supposed to be a dark day because they are racing on the holiday Monday. Uh-huh. But because we missed the day due to the rain out here, they're, they're going to come back with a live card next Friday. So we'll have some extra racing next weekend.
2: All right, John, uh, give us a winner off the Linda Report for Gulfstream today.
7: Let's go to race six at Gulfstream Park. and the sixth race today, number three, Garmento. exits it's a fast race on the grass coming off the layoff back in January 5th, mm-hmm. it's a little drop in class. Now, he had worked on the tapita and worked well on it. Before that comeback start, he gets on the tapita today, and that's kind of the, uh, it kind of levels the field a little bit here. The drop in class, big rider switch to Tyler Gaffleone. This looks like a money run here to me, and at 6-1 to one on the program, there's value. Number three, Garmento, race number six, Gulfstream Park.
2: Sixth race at Gulfstream, number three, Garmento, John Lindo's playoff, the Lindo Report. Remember, he has a Lindo Report today for Gulfstream, featuring uh, selections in all the races, uh, s- s- selected uh, late pick four as well. And uh, of course, all that uh, good information, et cetera. Right there. Comprehensive. Lindo Report. Free of charge. South Point. All right. Uh, well, uh, John, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Good luck today. All right. You got him, a man. And now we'll wrap it up with Jerry Jackwitz, who uh, I guess uh, has a betting strategy for our last uh, three minutes of the show.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, um, I got an interesting email. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yesterday someone wrote in wanting to know how big the deal what we were talking about is should you make a daily double if you have two races in a row that uh you you have a pop-up key in, and then you would naturally go ahead and make um, a you know your typical wager hopefully it would be you know a weighted wheel and then a reverse of the uh, the best horses so that in your exact is like like I often say, yeah. but um, so what I was rec- would recommend is that if you made a hundred dollar wager, if that was the size of your typical bet, uh-huh. your daily double should be probably around ten to fifteen dollars, based upon the feel of um, how you know how much you like the two horses to win. Okay. Right. And the problem with that that I wanted to is that the, the lower the price odds are very often that's when you start to get excited about a horse's win probabilities more and more. And so this is not a good strategy. The daily double is not a good strategy when you're backing up two 2 to 1s together or something like that. You should stay away from that.
1: Oh really? Okay. You're,
5: yeah you really want one of the horses to have value. and this is really what I wanted to say. this is how judgment works and how you know figuring out wagers and bets works, okay, is that you need you need to be uh, having some um, you have to squeeze some of the obvious players out. You have to be a little bit of a lone wolf somewhere on the play.
1: Okay. In order
5: to really get the right value, in order to make not just that wager count, but all of your wagers count. If you're always taking the, the horse that, that where everybody's going to it, and you're getting to the 2-to-1s and 8-to-5s, it's really a mistake. The, the worst thing you can do in horse racing is take a good idea and mix it up with a, with a horse that's overbet. Uh-huh. we need overlays we that's what we have to go for we have to find horses that have a little bit of a mystery to them that aren't quite as obvious that you know that take a little bit of a little bit of thinking that's a little beyond the box that gets the price up to 3 to 1 4 to 1, 5 to 1, 8 to 1, 10 to
2: 1 so in other so, words, in other words a secondary horse that has value
5: right exactly uh-huh. so you know You don't really have to worry that much about making your double because we want it to be pretty cold. You don't have to make that double to a big price horse in the second race unless you don't have much of an opinion in the race. Then, that's sure, that's fine. If you you have a big price horse, go ahead and take a shot for it. And that way you actually are bringing value to the play, to both sides of the play. All right than squeezing value out of both sides of the
2: play. All right. Well, thank you very much for that little uh, clarification there. One more thing to say. Go ahead and say it.
1: Have a great race day, everybody.